Welcome back to the Over the Border Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, along with the boys. Kyle, how are we feeling tonight? Good. There's lots of sports on. Can't complain. I'm just trying to find you guys some more winners. Ryan, how are you feeling? You know, I'm still uh, slowly recovering after this weekend's obliteration from Liverpool, but, you know, sports are picking up. Kyle's right. World Series is back. It's the Braves versus the Astros. Room for the Braves. Screw the Astros. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to give us a little recap on the picks we gave out on last week's episode. I gave out six picks, ended up going three and three. Not what I was looking for, but in the end, we're not negative. But definitely going to look for some more winners this week. The boys, on the other hand, helped you guys out and found a winner apiece. Ryan went 1-0 with a nice CPL pick, and Justin went 1-0 with an NHL pick. Um, anyway, so let's hop into our first segment of the night. We've got the Coast to Coast, recapping news from across Canadian sports. and We'll start on the West Coast and make our way east. Um, we're going to start with the Vancouver Canucks. They're 3-3-1. and um, What do you guys think of this? Yeah, they're exactly where I think that they should be. They're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, just fighting for a playoff spot. I don't think they'll make it. One thing I am looking very forward to is this rivalry they're going to develop with the Kraken. The Kraken just look electric. Their arena is crazy. The fans are crazy, and I'm really looking forward to these Vancouver-Seattle games. Yeah, I saw I mean, somewhere, though, uh, that uh, Pedersen uh, was playing third line last game. Uh, kind of crazy that you're paying someone $8 million to play on the third line. Yeah, absolutely. Quite an overpayment uh, by the looks of it right now, but you never know. He might find his game move right along here we got the Edmonton Oilers at 5-0-0 one of the only undefeated teams if not the only undefeated team left in the NHL um it's super exciting to see McDavid finally I mean again week and a half two weeks in but finally on a winning team doing his thing being the most electric player in hockey I mean is there a more fun team to watch right now no absolutely not I mean you have McDavid who is clicking on all cylinders he's got the team on his back and he's just putting up points every single night. And you can't not mention Dreisaitl, who's right there with him. But the Oilers look great. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain this, but they look great right now. And speaking of them, I'm actually looking at them as a fade spot this coming week. They just came off a heater in Vegas, spent three days up there, partying their asses off, I'm sure. And they don't play until Wednesday, which is tonight. And so I think this week is a fade spot for the Oilers. You know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, the Vegas exactly. flu might get them to the Calgary Flames. They're 4-1-1, kind of a surprising start as they didn't really make any big off-season acquisitions or changes. Um, what do you guys think of that? I mean, Ryan, what's the pulse like in Calgary right now? You know, everyone's, everyone's behind Johnny Hockey again. He's got his 500th career point uh, over the last week and Lindholm with a hattie. I'll tell you what, the boys definitely went out the Cowboys last weekend. Oh, yeah. I sure. don't doubt that. Uh, yeah, in, in my opinion, I think they're a little bit they started out a little bit better than most people expected. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain this. I'm looking to fade Calgary uh, in the coming weeks. All right, moving right along to the Winnipeg Jets. They're 3-2-1, and one, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois finally showcasing something. He went on a little four-game goal streak. Um, what do you guys think of the Jets? Not a whole lot to talk about with the Jets. I think it's where we expected them to be. Um, still early in the season, but as I said in the last episode, I think they're going to be a very dangerous team uh, later on in the, in the year. Yeah, I agree. To the nation's capital, the Ottawa Senators, a couple heartbreakers in there. Matt Murray on the IR. Shane Pinto, who's looked good for them, out one to two weeks. I mean, it's hard not to talk about the Sens as a Sens fan, but uh, I mean, kind of devastated where they, at, where they are right now considering the, the games that they've played. 
Yeah, I mean, they're a competitive team. You can tell that compared to last year, they've made a lot of improvements. The guys are getting older, and they have a core there. But it's just hard as a Sens fan as well to watch them throw away points. You know, if you watch that Rangers game last week, they absolutely threw away the game. And then the game against, that crazy game against the Caps, they just didn't show up and quickly had a bunch of goals against them. They were able to tie it up 4-4, but then the Caps offense took over. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, when you're a young team like the Sens, to compete against guys like TJ Oshie, who had a Hattie, Alex Ovechkin, who had two. I mean, John Carlson's one of the best D-men in the league. I mean, the Sens just don't have the firepower to keep up, although... I mean, they lost 7-5. It was, they, they battled back, as you said, down 4-1, showed some heart. Batherson netted three, which was nice to see. 4.5 mil. How are you? Although they're 2-4, and four, I'm excited to see what they what they have to offer um, over the next uh, few weeks and throughout the season. Like I'm really excited. Tim Stutzel looks like the best player on the ice for the Sens every night. He's kind of snake-bitten at the moment, but, uh, you know, it's super exciting. Anyway, moving along to the Toronto Maple Leafs, two, four, and one. Yikes! Wow. Yeah, they're a joke right now. Say. I don't know what to tell you. I'd love to see it. I apologize to the Leafs fans listening. Obviously, I don't apologize at all. Love <laughs> to see them in misery, but uh, that seven-one loss to the Caps, or sorry, to the Pens, was just. Funny, I mean, you got Malkin out, Crosby out, Latang, Gensel out. They basically fielded an AHL team and still managed to pump the Leafs 7-1. Dubas has to be on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, when when is the Toronto media going to start saying Dubas out, you know, maybe Sheldon Keefe out? I mean, clearly the formula they have going in Toronto just is not it. Well, it seems like right now the whipping boy, as Toronto every year seems to have some whipping boy, and right now it's Mitch Marner, so... He is on the hot seat. I think he's got like one assist so far, making a lot of money. It wouldn't surprise me if you know he didn't. He doesn't pick up his game soon. That he's getting dealt. Yeah, you don't. You don't want the Toronto fan base turning on you. That's the worst thing that could happen. It's the worst. The only team that's worse than that is the Montreal Canadiens. That's a fact. One and six. Wow. Dumpster fire. No, riding a big win against the the Red Wings, and then. I think the boys maybe partied a bit too hard on the flight uh, from uh, East Coast to West Coast and then just got pumped by the Kraken. Uh, it's not a hot start. Bergeron out. Uh, as, a, as a Habs fan, I've been saying that for a couple of years now. But he's got a good relationship with Molson, so I don't know if uh, he'll probably last till the end of the season, unfortunately. And they're on the West Coast doing a trip against the Ducks, Kings, and Sharks. It's a make it or break. It's kind of early to say. But uh, they're 1-6 they're to start the year. If you're looking to bet on the Canadians, I would avoid them at all costs right now. Not even at plus one and a half. They haven't shown any life so far to start the year. Yeah, I mean, they just look terrible right now. And you can tell the effects of missing Price and Weber are taking a huge toll on them. So I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around. I don't think so. But it'll definitely be interesting to see, especially coming off playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. As we said in the first episode, we're tanking uh, for Shane Wright. (laughs) All right, well, uh, moving right along to the Canadian Football League, the CFL. Um, I mean, the Red Blacks got trounced by the Ticats and fired their GM on Monday. I mean, I don't follow too much of the CFL. I would say I'm a Red Blacks fan, but uh, I'll throw it over to you boys and give me a little breakdown. Yeah, well, I mean, they've just been a joke all year. It doesn't surprise me that the GM got fired. They're in a rebuild. Um, We saw in the game they played against the Ticats. There was some very questionable um, play calling 
They had Duck Hodges in, who some of you may remember played in the NFL for the Steelers. He came in, tried to QB sneak, and just didn't go anywhere. So they look like a joke. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers just continue to roll. They played the Lions on the weekend, absolutely steamrolled them 45 to nothing. At this point, it looks like nothing is going to stop them. In the East, we've got a very tight race. We've got Montreal and Toronto that are right now tied for first at 6-5. and five. And then we have Hamilton, who's just one win behind them. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the East. But... At this point, it looks like no one's stopping the Blue Bombers. Switching over now to the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are in action tonight at 7.30 against the uh, Indiana Pacers. Both teams are 1-3. and three. Um, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Raptors basketball, but from what I can tell, Scotty Barnes seems kind of electric. He uh, had his first career double-double the other day, 25 points, 13 rebounds. Um, I feel like the Raptors are almost like the Sens in a way. They're kind of a young team. After they went to the NBA Finals, they've kind of shifted. Now they're rebuilding a bit. Um, they've got a lot of young talent. It seems like an exciting team to watch. Oh, it's Scotty Barnes. You know, I think it's just it's a bit of life for the for the team. You know, Siakam's out right now, who's arguably their star. Van Fleet hasn't been performing to their expectations. So Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes, uh, playing right now. It's it's a bit of life for the Raptors. All right, now go, getting into the Canadian Premier League. Um, Ryan, what what do you have to say about? Uh, footy in uh well you know uh the canadian the the canadian premier league is approaching the end of the season uh, unfortunately uh last week though when we were recording calvary and pacific the top two teams were playing in the league and calvary won a very close game 2-1 with pacific netting a, cl- a late one uh hfx wanderer so it's a team from halifax they were looking great in mid-season making a late push for the playoffs but they've lost the past couple games with a draw too so they're starting to show no life uh, in their performances. It's kind of uh, not what you want to be seen at the end of the season. And as a better, uh, avoid uh, avoid the Wanderers right now. And I would be back in Cavalry making a late push. And as the season approaches an end, uh, me and Kyle are both going through this our first time in the Canadian Premier League. We're just finding out, too, that the top four teams move on into a playoff. So it's the one versus the fourth seed and second versus the third. And then it goes on to a final. Basically, it looks like as of right now, Pacific and Cavalry will be the top two teams. Uh, who do you think? Uh, who who would you take uh, out of those two right now, Pacific or Cavalry? Hard to not take Pacific. I mean, they've just been rolling teams. I know they lost to Cavalry last week, but they just score a lot of goals and play well defensively. It's hard for me to fade them. Um, so they'd definitely be my pick. As for the last two spots, I find it hard to believe that Forge won't find a way in. They've looked like a strong side for most of the year. And then the other team I take is Valor. I know Valor started the season out very hot and the middle of the season has not been good, but they also find a way to score a lot of goals. So I could see them getting in. But one gambling note that I will make is four games with Pacific and Calvary, I would tread lightly um, until the playoffs because as Ryan mentioned, they've basically locked up those first two spots. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, they started to rotate the squad a bit, put in some of the bench guys and rest their better players. Be looking for the teams making late pushes because they'll they'll basically be giving all they got. So teams like Valar, uh, York, and Wanderers will be making late pushes. But like I said, Wanderers is a bit of a hit or miss right now. For sure. All right. Well, moving right along, let's just recap what's been going on in the NHL across the league. Um, Kyle, you have a note here about the San Jose Sharks. They're 4-2-0. and I mean, I don't think anyone's expected this. Yeah, it's just been a really surprising start for them. Um, 
I mean, last year, the year before, they have not been good. They, they've had all this uh, star power, but, you know, guys like Carlson and Burns seem to have just been fading off and had lost that star power, but it seems like right now they've been able to bring some of that back. But it's even more surprising when you think about all the drama going into the season, um, you know, surrounding Evander Kane and stuff. But the Sharks are off to a hot start, and it's definitely worth noting. Yeah, I'm speaking of Evander Kane, he got suspended 21 games um, for violating the league's COVID policy. He forged his vaccine proof. I mean, what a guy! It's just an absolute clown show for him. I mean, I feel for him. He's clearly going through it, but I mean. It's just kind of embarrassing, if you ask me. Anyway, moving along, uh, Lucas Raymond had a hattie in just his sixth career NHL game. Um, he's the only 19-year-old to do it, other than Stevie Y, who did it twice, and is the only 19-year-old with a four-point game for the Detroit Red Wings since Gordie Howe and Steve Eisman. So, I mean, obviously super early in his career, and you know you could say that a hat trick is luck, but somewhat, but I mean... It's pretty impressive for a kid that was just drafted two years ago to be putting up the numbers that he has been or did in that game. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's some pretty good Detroit Red Wings company, if you ask me. And then uh, Shifting gears here, we're just going to touch on the Chicago Blackhawks. They are one of the biggest surprises of the season so far. Everyone coming into the season, I think anyways, thought that this team was going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a contender. You know, they picked up Flurry. They picked up Seth Jones. And they have just become a complete dumpster fire. And that's not even mentioning all the sexual allegations going on. We're not really going to touch on that. But on all fronts, they've just turned into a dumpster fire and uh, not really what anyone expected. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite sad. I mean, the fact that the um, – I saw a headline today that was about the uh, – the win first mentality got in the way of what was going on behind the scenes with someone coming forward about uh, sexual assault allegations and there being a predator on the coaching staff. Um, a tough look for the organization, but above all else, just it's really sad to see. And you, you, I'm glad that they're trying to get rid of this cancer and the the NHL. Like it, it's unacceptable if you ask me. Yeah, no, it just does not belong in the game at all. All right, well, back to a higher note. Let's get into some picks. Kyle, do you have any picks for the NHL this week? All right, well, as we've talked about, it's kind of hard to give out NHL picks because the lines often don't come out until the day of or the day before, unlike NFL or college football where we can look you know, a week in advance. But just looking ahead to tomorrow night, which would be Thursday, October 28th, um, I'm liking the Pens money line. They're playing the Flames and... You know, as I mentioned before, I think the Flames are a fade spot. They don't have that great of a roster. And I know the Pens don't either. You know, the Pens are missing a bunch of guys. But I really like the Pens in this spot. Um, I think everyone's going to be hammering Calgary, seeing that um, they're off to a hot start. And like, oh, how do they lose to the banged up Pens? So, Pens money line, minus 120. I like that. The other play I really like tomorrow is Hurricanes money line, minus 130. Hurricanes are playing the Bruins. The Bruins are playing tonight, so they'll be coming off a back-to-back. And they've already announced that they'll be starting their backup Swayman tomorrow. And the Hurricanes are a fantastic team. I really like them. They've got a hell of a roster. And as I mentioned before, I can see them making a playoff run. So Hurricanes money line, minus 130. All right. Well, jumping back to the Pens, all the more reason why I, I like this spot too is because how is a banged-up Pens team going against a team that's 4-1-1? 
favored. Just That's exactly it. Just something to look at. Um, on my card, I have the San Jose Sharks um, minus 127 against the Montreal Canadiens. As we mentioned, the Canadiens are a dumpster fire. There's rumors surrounding their GM getting fired. They're traveling to the West Coast. Um, I think there's going to be a fatigue factor. Um, I think the team's going to be mentally drained. I like the Sharks in this spot. Two picks that two picks that I have uh, for tomorrow. I'm actually fading Kyle on the Pens one. You know, I'm going to be riding a big head to head here. But I'm I'm going to be riding the hot hand. You know, they they're four and one on on, on the road. So a big stats guy. I'm gonna follow the trend. I think Markstrom stands on his head uh, tomorrow. Grabs the the Flames the big dub. And then my other pick, second pick, is actually going to be the same one as Kyle. Uh, so I'm fading and then riding with you the same one. Hurricanes money line minus 130. All right, I like it. I like it. I yeah. love the Hurricanes, as I said. Little head-to-head and little hand-holding for the boys. All right. Um, we got a lot to talk about in the uh, in the NFL, um, starting with the Sunday night football game. It's a crazy game. They were playing in a cyclone. It was absolutely pouring. Um, I mean, it was a recipe for an under, but some poor quarterback play led to some defensive turnovers and miraculously the overhit. But, uh, I mean... It was kind of a crazy game, and not to tease my lock of the week, but uh, one of those teams might be sliding into my slot a little later. A um, little bit of trade talk as the trade deadline is coming up here in week eight. Um, there's a lot of talks about Deshaun Watson going to potentially the uh, Miami Dolphins. What do you guys think? Tua or take a risk on Deshaun Watson? I mean, I don't think Tua's a great quarterback. He hasn't really shown me much. But at the same time, based on uh, the allegations that are following Deshaun Watson, I don't think that he should be coming back to the NFL. I mean, aside from his allegations, he's a great quarterback. But based on what's going on, I don't think he should be um, playing. I completely agree. I mean, yeah, there are allegations at the moment. But the fact that there's, what, 22 or 23 cases out against them, I mean, it's just, it, it's not a good look. And I feel like if you're the Miami Dolphins, two is still a young quarterback. Let him make his mistakes. Don't sell the farm for a quarterback that might not even be allowed to be reinstated or the NFL could come down with a hammer and say that they're not going to let him come back until he is proven um, that these cases are all for naught. The, do the Chiefs suck or are the Titans low-key a powerhouse? Ryan, Titans are your team. What do we see on Sunday? They steamrolled the Chiefs. I thought it was a letdown spot after th- uh, beating the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it's crazy. I'm not going to lie. Defensively, the Titans have surprised me the last two games, being able to withstand the Bills and Chiefs offense. But, no, the Chiefs aren't a great defensive team. When you have the play-action game that the Titans do with Derrick Henry, and, when, and then when their weapons are healthy with Julio and A.J. Brown, it's hard to stop. You know, the, everyone was low on the Titans when they lost to the Jets. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad loss, and it's to the Jets. You don't want to be losing to the Jets. But in the Titans' defense, it, they had no wide receivers, so the Jets just had to stop Derrick Henry. So, personally, it could be a bit biased. I think the Titans are freaking right. They're back. They're back. Ride the Titans all the way. <laughs> all right. I think the Titans suck. I'm telling you right now, I think the Titans suck. Their defense is horrible. It's going to get exposed. Yes, they played well the past few weeks. I think the Titans suck. I'll be surprised if they make the playoffs, and if they do, I think they lose in the first round. I think they'll play in a wild card game. 
I was about to say, who do you see winning the AFC South then? Because the Titans just have to beat the Colts. The Colts are what three or two? They're a game. They're a game or two behind the Titans right now. But the Knights, like this weekend's matchup, is huge as a division. Massive. So it's, it's it's Wentz versus Tannehill. I hate Wentz as an Eagles fan. I absolutely hate him. But I think that the Colts come out and win, and the Colts will win the AFC. All right, sticking in the AFC. Are the Bengals legit? They absolutely steamrolled the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it was an embarrassment for Lamar and the boys. Um, obviously, the Bengals were my lock of the week, so super fired up about it. I love Joey Burrow. It, it's electric, and I'm really happy for Cincinnati fans. And like, I can't believe what I'm watching. The LSU yeah, no, connection. It's great to see. Um, you know. I was all over the Bengals. Obviously, Justin, you were all over them as well. It was great to see that they're legit and uh, that there's going to be a competitive uh, division there with the Ravens and the Bengals. Enough of the recap. Let's preview this Thursday night football game. For the first time in a few weeks, we've got a game worth watching, in my opinion. Packers and Cardinals. Um, Super excited for this game. Um, What do you guys think? I was really looking forward to this game. As you said, the Thursday night slates have been terrible so far. But then we hear the news that the Packers are dealing with a whole bunch of COVID issues. Devontae Adams might not be playing. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling might not be playing. They're going to have to be pulling wide receivers off their practice squad. So I think a lot of the juice in this game has been let out. I mean, we also heard today that J.J. Watt won't be playing. So it's not going to be as good as we thought, which is a little bit disappointing. But I still expect it to be a great game. Into some picks for the NFL this week. Um, Although... Uh, Devontae Adams is going to be out. Um, I still like the Packers in this spot. I mean, I think eventually the Cardinals have to lose a game and the Packers plus six. Um, I feel like Aaron Rodgers at plus plus odds getting points. Um, in my opinion, you just can't go wrong. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. I haven't really looked too closely at this game. It might just be a stay away game for me because of all the injuries. Um, so right now I don't have a pick to give out for this Thursday night game. My Thursday night I was uh, I'm a bit here with Kyle. You know I'm I'm avoiding the spread, but I see a good prop. You know D Hop anytime touchdown at basically minus 102, almost even odds. I think there's great value in that because he's Kyler's number one option and he'll catch anything. He catches touchdowns. That's what he does. Yeah, I don't that's what he gets Luke. Um, all right, I'll just rattle off the rest of my picks for the weekend. Um, bit biased but I've got the Cowboys this week minus two and a half Kirk Cousins primetime choke artist um, I think this is kind of a prove a game for the Cowboys the uh, the Vikings have been better than people expected um, I don't know I think the Cowboys um, are going to be playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder they're used to the primetime spotlight um, I like the Cowboys minus two and a half then staying in the same division I have the Eagles minus three and a half um, to me, it just seems like a bit of a trap. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all all I have to say about that game. It just seems like a bit of a trap line. Um, so that's Eagles minus three and a half. And then a couple weeks ago, I uh, took a little future on Dak Prescott to win the MVP at plus 800. Um, I think with the whole storyline of him coming back, um, he's lighting it up. The Cowboys were 6-10 and 10 last year. Dumpster fire. Um, Dak comes in, takes control of the offense, is using all of his weapons. Um, I think that there's incredible value there. Um, as much as Kyle would hate to 
give any sort of praise to any cowboy. I think even he might respect the value in plus 800 for a guy that's really leading the charge. Nah, f*** the Cowboys. All right. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, what do you have this weekend? This week, I am going with, first of all, 49ers minus three and a half. Uh, They're playing the Bears. The Bears are dealing with some COVID protocol stuff. I think Matt Nagy has already been announced out. Some people might look at that as a good thing because they might open the playbook up a little bit to Justin Fields, but I think everyone's down on the 49ers after that game against the Colts in prime time, but I think uh, they come back and pull a win out against the Bears and cover that three and a half spread. Uh, my next play is going to be the Colts against the Titans. As I said, I think the Titans are frauds. I don't think they're good. I don't Ooh. think the Colts are very good either, but this just looks like such, such a trap to me. Everyone's going to be hammering uh, the Titans, and the line should not be Colts plus one and a half, so I'm riding with the Colts. Uh, my next play, I've got Broncos minus three. Uh, they're not a great team. Their offense kind of sucks. They have a very strong defense, um, and I think they cover that minus three spread. My next play, Chargers minus five and a half. They're playing the Pats. The Pats aren't very good. They just aren't. You know, we saw them in that one primetime game against the Bucks, where they kept it close and everyone thinks they're so good. And, you know, they played uh, Dallas tight and everyone thinks they're so good. They're wins. They have three wins. They're a three and four team. They've beaten the Jets twice and the Texans. These are fraudulent wins. They're not a good team. I'll take Chargers minus five and a half to roll the Pats. And one last play I have to give you guys for the NFL. I was just looking around on some future lines and I came across the Offensive Rookie of the Year awards and Jamar Chase plus 100 that line just seems crazy to me he is dominating the league he's putting up unprecedented numbers as a wide receiver jamar chase plus 100 i think you have to take it i mean there's no such thing as free money in gambling but that's got to be as close as it gets i mean i just about to say it's pretty freaking close i saw some uh some comparisons that he's putting up randy moss like numbers from when he was a rookie and everybody knows who randy moss is Hall of Famer. Someone you want to be compared to. Yeah, it's not a bad comparison. I, I love that pick. I, I, I might have to jump on it too. It does it does seem a little too easy. And if he can stay healthy and the Bengals keep rolling, I mean, he's Joe Burrow's primary target. I love it. Might have to be an over-the-border uh, pick uh, for a future. I'll talk about, uh, about picks. We'll hop into mine. I only have a few of them for football this weekend. Uh, as I said, for Thursday night's tomorrow's game, I have D-Hop anytime touchdown given out. Also, Ryan with Justin on this one. Cowboys, I'm going with money line. I got a minus 125 on cool bet. Then for the Rams, I know this is a very large spread. I don't usually do this. But they're playing the Texans. And personally, I don't even think the Texans can get 10 points on the Rams. And With the Rams offense, I was been rolling this year. I think they covered this spread, this spread minus 13 and a half with ease, but only rocking one unit with it. And then I also personally lean the Chargers. As Kyle said, the Pats have been three weak teams this year. Haven't really shown anything apart from the close uh, loss to the Cowboys. And then I also lean the football team this weekend. You know, they they kind of got robbed against the Packers. They choked in the end zone, but I think they'll come back big against uh, an okay Broncos team. All right, now into some MLB World Series action. The matchup is finally set. Braves, the Cheaters, I mean the Astros. Um, I haven't really, like I said last week, haven't really been following the MLB playoffs too much. Um, But 
it seems like it's setting up to be a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy World Series. What do you guys think? No, um, as a Sox fan, and I know you are too, Justin. Uh, it was heartbreaking that the Sox were basically six outs away from going up three-one and losing back-to-back and getting eliminated to the Cheaters. I mean, the Astros. But talking about last night's game, Charlie Morton, what an absolute beast! The guy broke his leg and then basically pitched an entire inning, striking out Jose Altuve. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You won't see that. Like Pitching with a broken leg might be one of the hardest things to ever do, and baseball is already hard enough to do. But For the sure. Brave, the Braves won last night, and personally, I don't think I'll actually bend on the World Series just because it's the World Series. Honestly, anything can happen. But this Braves team is reminding me a lot of the 2019 Nationals team. And for those baseball fans, they know what I mean. But the Nationals were a weak team midseason, turned it around late, late season uh, surge, and went off to win the World Series. Braves, very similar story. And I think they'll just have a basically a story, like a, I don't know, kind of like a Cinderella story in the World Series. All right, interesting. I'm personally not a huge MLB guy, as I said on the last pod. But I don't really believe in these Cinderella stories. I mean, if you look back at the NHL last year, the Canadians were that uh, that Cinderella story. They got stomped by the Lightning. I kind of see the same thing happening. I'm looking to take Astros' money line whenever I can. Tonight, I personally hammered them in Game 2. I think uh, Charlie Morton being out is really going to hurt the Braves. He's their ace, and it's now going to cause them to have um, another bullpen game later on in the series, which is going to hurt them. So I'm personally looking to take the Astros' money line um, around, like, minus 110 when I can. Those looking for uh, plus odds on the Braves, that is personally my advice. But also, I'm rooting for the Braves just because Freddie Freeman's half Canadian. How can you not root for them? There you go. I'm moving right along to the NBA. Um, I don't really have – I haven't really been following the start to the NBA season. Do you guys have any picks to give out this week? I've got one pick um, for tomorrow again, which is Thursday. I'm going to be looking to take the Wizards plus 1.5 against the Hawks. Um, This is purely just a fade spot here. The Wizards aren't a great team. The Hawks are a pretty popular team. I think this line should be more around Wizards plus 5. It looks like it's going to be a spot where everyone jumps on the Hawks. So I'm just looking for a fade spot with Wizards plus 1.5. I was going to say I got uh, no plays this week. I only have one play tonight in basketball, which is... uh... The uh, oh the Hornets minus five against the Magic. Oh, one pick this week in the CFL. Um, the lines have been pretty good lately. Um, hard to bet. At the beginning of the season, I was finding a lot of value, but the lines have tightened up quite a bit. One play I do really like this week, though, is Ticats minus five. They're playing the Elks. The Elks are not a good team at all. The Ticats um, are obviously a really good team but haven't gotten quite as many wins as most people expected. I can see them absolutely routing the Elks this week, and minus five just seems like a lot of value in it. I think they're going to route the Elks and uh, make their run for the Eastern Conference. All right, now we don't have any picks to give out for the Canadian Premier League as the lines haven't been posted yet, Um, but something we've been talking about doing um, moving forward is uh, starting a little challenge for the boys. Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us? what we're going to be doing yeah so in future episodes we're going to be introducing this new segment and it's basically a 100 dollars bankroll challenge so we're each going to start with a hundred dollars 
and every week we're going to give out picks with our $100 balance. If we win, obviously our balance increases. If we lose, our balance decreases. Once you're out of money, you're out of the challenge, but it's just a competition to see um, how much we can build our bankroll. So I think it'll be an exciting thing to follow along and we'll be competing with each other. So we're going to be introducing that uh, in coming episodes. All right. Now to my favorite segment, the lock of the week. So as mentioned earlier, I'm the only one that won. 1-0. Kyle, 0-1. Ryan, 0-1. This week, um, I'm coming at you guys with a pick that Kyle actually gave out earlier in the show. I've got the Colts plus one and a half against the Titans. Um, it's a really important divisional matchup, as we touched on earlier. Um, it's I see it as a trap. I think the Titans, after their wins against the Chiefs and the Bills, they should be favored by a lot more than they are. Um, I like the Colts in this spot. For my lock of the week, we're heading back to college football, and we're taking Mississippi State plus 1.5. This is a huge fade spot. I think no one expects Mississippi State to win, and the line is way closer than it should be. Mississippi State has a very talented team, and they haven't gotten the results that they wanted this year, but I think Mississippi State gets the dub, and I win my lock of the week. You know, I'm bouncing back this week. I'm, I'm staying within our continent of North America, going with some NFL this week. I'm going with the Bucks minus four and a half. I think this line should be closer to minus seven. So, uh, Tom Brady, he's just been playing as good as he has been his entire career. The Bucks have been rolling. I think the Saints aren't very good this year. They got a very like a very close win against the Seahawks with Geno Smith. Not terrible, but it's still Geno Smith. My lock of the week, minus, Bucks minus four and a half. Going on the board will be one and one. All right. Well, stay tuned on our social medias to see how we do as always thank you for listening be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at overborderpod. um yeah thank you guys for listening life's a gamble someone will put some money on it